Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode, another lovely rider. Today we have Cassie all the way from overseas and she's been here for studying her masters and now she's going home and she works in global health. So we're gonna just have a conversation about, just let it flow and see what she thought of England and what her industry's like back home in the States. Nice to have you here today, Thanks. Cassie. Thanks for having me. First of all, how do you find this city? I love London. You know, it's the biggest city I've ever lived in. And I, I lived here when I was younger, when I was a kid. So there's always part of it that feels like home. But yeah, I love the the bus, the hustle and bustle. I love how like global it is. Like you can go walk down the street and meet people from different cultures or, you know, different religions, different everything. And that's so different from where I grew up. And so... Yeah, I really, I, I love London. Okay. What was your, before you came here, what was your impressions of London to what actually you saw it to be? Oh, that's a great question. I think in the US, especially, there's just kind of this idea that like all Brits are like really posh and like really sophisticated. And then you come and like, <laughs> Like we were here for the Euros last year and that's not always the case. Like <laughs> Brits can get quite rowdy. Yeah, put alcohol in us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I don't know. I think that's kind of the general impression. Driving on the wrong side of the street is always hard to get used to, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, on the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've been driving when you're here, you've been cycling while you're here. Yes, yeah, both both uh, harrowing experiences for sure. Is where you come from, is that a town, a city? A suburb, probably, suburb. I would say. Okay, yeah. I'll give you a little fact. London's officially classed as a, a forest. Really? Yeah, Interesting. Because it has more trees per square mile than what that you would need under the UN law to classify something as a forest. Huh. Yeah, there are a lot of trees here. It's very green, which yeah. is nice. And that's because obviously the Great Fire of London and the industrial area mm. in mm -hmm. that respect. Mm -hmm. So you came over here to study. Why London? So, like I said, I lived here when I was a kid. And so we have some family ties here, which is nice. It's not super difficult to get to and from my home in Denver. And yeah, it's cheaper to get a master's here than it is at home. And I, you know, I was looking around at a few programs and I found one at UCL that I really was excited about. So that's what led me here. Okay. So why global health? I've always been interested in health. And so when I started uni, I thought I wanted to go to med school to be a doctor. And then I didn't quite really get on with like the hard sciences like I, I was good at it I made good grades but I didn't like the way that you just had to regurgitate your answers you know like there's not a lot of room to think outside the box like you just have to think the way the teacher wants you to think and reproduce like and reproduce their answers essentially you couldn't really think for yourself so I thought I was gonna do medicine for a while and then I decided against it and I switched my degree to women and gender studies actually because I figured you know I could still go to med school with that degree or I could do something else and so my first job outside of 
uni, I worked for a women's health clinic doing some education and outreach for them. And so I was able to get involved in health that way. And then I realized I was like, oh, okay, there are other ways to do health, like doing public health or doing global health, kind of the more social science-y part of health, you know, thinking about how these health systems really impact people and, you know, how that impacts, how that interacts with things like gender, race, and class. And that's what I'm really, I'm really interested in and thinking about like how to promote and protect people's health and care for them. So the social impact. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Are exactly. Are you still a specialist in the women's field then? Is that what you're focusing on still or? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm an like a specialist or an expert, but yeah, I definitely have a background in it and I really, and I really enjoy thinking about things from that, from that way. So, your, the route that you took, would you still say take the same route to get into that career if you were advising a younger person? Yeah, I think what's tough is, you know, thinking back to my time at uni is I thought there was only one way to do something. You know, like, I had to be a biology major because that's what got you into medical school. You know, and I had to do this and I had to do that. And I was just like, well... You know, I kind of realized, I was like, I don't even know if I really want to be a doctor, you know, I, and so I think taking some, I, I think I would have taken the same path because I think I learned a lot. I learned a lot about a lot of different topics. I learned a lot about myself, but I think one thing I'd say is that for like kids going into uni, I think there's so much pressure to be like a doctor or a lawyer or a banker or you know these high powered careers but if that's not like who you are then that's fine like you should just do what you like what you like what you're passionate about because you know what brings you joy and stimulates you and all of that so okay yeah that's good what have you learned about the industry that you've been in that you wish you knew when you started Oh gosh, that's... And I would also ask that question in relation to living in London. Oh, okay. I guess I'll answer the job one first. I think one thing that's helpful to know is that ever no one really knows what's going on. <laughs> like, everyone... It's okay, and it's okay to ask questions and not know things, because I feel like... For me, I just really wanted to pretend like I knew everything and I didn't want to ask questions because then that mean that would mean that I wasn't smart or like I wasn't paying attention or whatever. So I think learning that everyone's just kind of figuring it out as they go and it's okay to ask questions from other people and to be unsure and like just because I'm out of school that doesn't mean you can stop learning and one way to learn is to ask questions. So I'd probably give that advice. And what was the same question for the London? The to London, yeah. As if you were, if another American was going to come to stay in London and study, what would be your advice to them? Oh, good question. I think just enjoy it. Like, enjoy the free healthcare. Get, get all your appointments in while you can. But no, just enjoy being in such a vibrant city that's, you know, it's so, it's so similar to the U.S. in so many ways, but also so different. And I think just really trying to enjoy enjoy it you know and it's tough because even though it's similar you do kind of feel like an outsider sometimes like I think there are a lot of not misconceptions even but just like people you say you're American and people are like oh so you're this and that and the other thing and just trying 
not to let that get to you. So what's, what's, so when you, it's a, a story there. So when that you say, what response have you had when you said you're American? People will think that I'm dumb. People will think that I love guns and God and glory and I'm super, like, you know, the stereotypical, like, American patriot. And, like, don't get me wrong, I love my country, but it's not great right now. But part of loving something is trying to make it better, right? So, but I think it's just a lot of people reply really condescendingly, like, they're like, oh, so did you vote for Trump? Like, did you... You know, and they think it's kind of a judgment on me that I'm American. I'm like, I don't agree with those things, you know, like, anyway, so I think there's a lot of preconceived notions or biases or, you know, about like what an American is and, you know, the stereotype that we're loud, which is true, but we're also, I don't know, it's anytime you try to it like make one person into this thing like into people are different are complicated you know it's hard to stereotype anyone because no one people don't fit neatly into boxes you yeah. know we have trends common traits right with, with thing but it doesn't mean that you're you're definitely that yeah exactly yeah. so yeah, yeah trying to not listen to people when they try to put you in boxes I'd say <laughs> um, yeah Okay, okay, I hear you. We won't, we won't get political on that side right. of things. So, what would you say to your 16-year-old self? Oh, I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately. I think I'd tell her that everything will be okay. Because I, like I said, kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. There's just this notion of like, this is what I thought was expected of me. And... I had to do really well on all my tests and get good grades and do this and that and the other thing. And I think just trusting that it will all be okay, like it, it will be, and trying to trust that a bit more, providing that comfort. Mm-hmm. So my mind just went like there. Oh no! Um, what does the future hold for you? Good question. I. The idealist in me says that I want to change the world. I don't know how I'm going to do that. But I think it's the idealist in me that wants to change the world. And I think the realist in me that's like, if I'm going to change the world, it's not going to be glamorous. Like, it's going to be a lot of emails and meetings and spreadsheets and all that. That doesn't mean that it's not important. And I think just, you know, I don't really know what exactly the future holds, but I want to try to make the world better, you know? Like, make it a kinder, more inclusive place where people have the social support that they need and people are treated with dignity and respect. Like, that's the world that I want to work towards. So, yeah. You've touched on quite a few points there, and it's a little bit of a rabbit hole we go down. Sure. That's the time. You deal with, like, global health. Do you deal with the mental side of health as well? Yeah, I think that's something not quite in this, a little bit in this work, but it's something that, you know, I've done work in before. Yeah. What's your opinion about mental health today? Because some people say the new generations are very weak and everything's a problem and they're very entitled and that for those who are the Catholics, which puts them in the state of mind that they are today, issues. And other people would say, no, they, they need to be more in touch because the younger generation are, you know, a different breed of people and 
they understand themselves more or they get to know themselves. What would be your take on that from obviously a professional point of view? That's a good question. I think my first instinct is to say that I don't think these things are new. I think they've always been there, but people are just talking about them for the first time. And I also think like young people are just dealing with such a different world than, you know, people my parents age were dealing with you know we have like a period of like a pandemic that's lasted two years we have like a lot of political instability climate change things like that so I think it's valid that young people are expressing more of those things and I think it's good because whatever I think for a long time we just kind of have this idea that it's better to just like push down whatever you're feeling and just be like happy and fine but I don't think that's healthy I don't think that's good I think you know what's I think at the end of the day what it comes down to is I think we all want to be loved for who we are as people and in order to do that you want to feel comfortable with someone like sharing your fears and your anxieties or when you're having just a really shitty day like you want to have people that you can count on and I think part of what I hope that we're moving to is a society where we can do that and people are met with like love and acceptance rather than judgment so that's my take but we will always judge people, though. Sure. Did you say that? Yeah, sure. I think it's kind of natural to judge people, but I think there's a way, you know, you can kind of think about it like, yeah, you have this instinct to think one way or the other, but then you can also, you can retrain it or you can say, okay, yeah, I'm making this judgment about this person. Why? Like, what is it about it that is making me judge them? Okay. So you're saying the person who's making the judgment should reflect on their own actions more than the person who's doing I suppose if the person who's doing the activity doesn't see a problem in what they're doing then they're not going to have anything to say in that respect well of course it like depends on the activity you know like what's the biggest global health issue that you have found so far barring the vaccine and the vaccinations and what do you call it COVID barring COVID sure I think health inequality, like thinking about how they're called like the social determinants of health impact people's health. So, you know, black mothers in the U.S. tend to have a much higher maternal mortality rate than white women. And so thinking about how these things like gender, race and class can impact a person's health outcomes, I think is something that we're starting to talk about more, but for a while went really unacknowledged. And I think thinking about how those things, you know, who we are, kind of our identities can impact things like our health and our lives. Important, you know, that just really kind of thinking critically about how that has an impact. Would you say you it's a case of the doctors, the equipment or what? Because I what kind to mind there is when I lived in Kenya, most doctors are black. Yeah. I don't so I don't know the mortality right thing there in that respect. But obviously the population grows a million a year. Fuck, that's a lot of people. Yeah. So maybe that would would it would they need that those kind of situations in uh, would they need more black doctors in America, stuff like that, black midwives? Do you reckon that's like that would help the issue? Sure, yeah, I think thing about representation is that whenever you bring people who look like you into the playing field like if you see a doctor who looks like you who've had who's had a similar life experience to you 
then they're more likely to believe you and take you seriously. You know, like they're, they can relate to you, they can empathize, and I think that is so important. And I, and so I think it's, it's that, and then just trying, like I said, trying to listen more and trust that people know themselves and know what's going on and that, you know, trying not to discredit them and meeting it with humility, like, and working as a team and this is it's not just doctors I think it's the whole health system you know trusting people to do do what they want and know what's best for them mm-hmm. I hear you it's very interesting if you could change one thing you've got the magic pen you've got the funding you've got the power you've got everything what would that thing you would change within your industry oh in the industry I think they're like I went to this talk the other day and they were talking about how you really need to work with like local communities and hold yourselves accountable blah 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 and those are all great things not blah 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 but then I just I I see a lot of people talking the talk but I don't see them walking the walk I don't see them actually like practicing those things listening to local people listening to the people that they're trying to help building coalitions like and so I think maybe just practicing a bit more of what they preach. You know, we're preaching these things that all these principles that I agree with, like equality and sustainability, but are we actually doing it, you know, and just trying to make it so people follow through with their promises. Okay, that's good. You've been a great guest here. My last question to you, well, at Taxi Chronicles, correction, we believe in sharing our gift. You've just done that in the sharing your journey of life and therefore people can learn from this experience your experience which is great what I'm asking you now is give us in one sentence if the world was in front of you and you was going to give them one key piece of advice based on your life experience so far what would that sentence be? I think I kind of want to say just like as long as you're not hurting anybody else or yourself do what makes you happy you know okay. life is short do, okay. do what you can fair enough well we wish you well and we thank you again for the interview yeah thank you so much we hope that episode enhanced your life we post an interview every day as well as vlogging on our social media channels. Don't forget to subscribe to get our latest episode.